Welcome back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We are your hosts, Stephen. And Kyle. Thanks for taking the time to tune back in with us today, and thank you for telling all of your weird friends about us and to listen to us. Yeah, we appreciate that. It's dope. Um, Today's episode, Kyle's going to take us on a little tour de force over to the desert. Delta farce. And a giant. But first... We got to get through all this business. It almost sounds like you're getting ready to talk about giant butts. <laughs> well, that'd be your favorite episode. Well. First, we got to get through the business. What was that you just opened up, Kyle? Well, it's a word from our sponsors, Monster. Hell yeah. They don't know they're our sponsors, but they totally yeah, are. They Yours are is way sponsors. more crispy than mine. Yeah, they got carbonation. Yeah. So, Kyle's going to talk about a giant, and we're talking about monsters. So Yeah, you asked for it. Now you get it. Yeah, you're officially our unofficial sponsor, Monster. Yeah. So the sooner you send us free shit, the doper it's going to be for you and us. Absolutely. Um, check us out at all our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Search up Hollow Sky Podcast and we'll be there. Come over and hang out with us. Share weird stories. Share funny memes. Just post a bunch of cool shit. If you live in a haunted house, post pictures of it. If there's any kind of crazy shit, going on just come over and hang out and let us know yeah if you've got a weird encounter or personal experience you'd like to share do it to it kyle you can email us that story at hollowskypodcast at gmail.com you can also record it on your smartphone with your little voice memo app or video recording app whatever you want to use that records yourself you go ahead and record your story, shoot it over to the email, and we'll take care of the rest. Hell yeah. We got you. Um, Speaking of which, weird stories and stuff, I'm going to change the pace here. I've been finding like little weird blurbs about paranormal shit in the news, so I've been saving them on my phone. So I thought I'd share this with you guys as soon as it loads here on the old Facebook. <clears throat> this says... I- Athens County Sheriff's Office investigates call involving creature. So I'm like, damn, that's crazy. I ought to share it with everybody. This is from August 19th in Athens County, Ohio. The This is from NBC4i. So I'm assuming that's the news station there. Anyway, the Athens County Sheriff's Office responded to a call for a suspicious activity at a state park on Tuesday. With Ohio Department of Natural Resources officers unavailable, sheriff's deputies responded to the call. According to a release from the office, the person who made the call said that they saw a person across the lake shine a red light in their direction. A short time later, the caller told police they saw a bipedal creature around three or four feet tall walking near them and looking in their direction. The caller said that they were uncertain what they saw but did not believe it to be a person. The sheriff's department patrolled the area but didn't observe any suspicious activity or creatures at that time. I just saw that on the news and thought that that was pretty fucking cool that they're talking about weird shit. It's a weird time, man. It is a weird time. Because most of the time they, they wouldn't even have acknowledged it. They wouldn't even have sent a cop out there. They just said, you know what, whatever. But, I mean, it's weird that they're like, hey, there's someone shining a red light at me. Oh, there's also... This four-foot-tall, tiny creature chasing me. So basically, the four-foot creature had a Glock with a red laser, a red dot on it, or a laser <laughs> on <a> it. Triple beam. <laughs> Sweet. 
But I just thought I'd share that with you guys. Yeah. I, I don't know if I posted it on the Facebooks or not, but whatever. Anyway, before we move on, if you check us out at Apple or iTunes podcast, hop on over there and leave us a five-star rating and review. We've been getting a bunch of them, so keep up the awesome work, I guess. Um, today's is brought to us from our listener, Cynic. He says, cool show, five stars. Hell yeah. He says, I'm really glad I found this show. Interesting topics and down to earth, but also open-minded. Well, you know what? That's what we strive for. Pretty much. Just two dudes talking about weird shit and just doing whatever. It's kind of what we do. Yeah. It's pretty dope. We have a good time doing it. So. Hell yeah, brother. So thanks for taking the time to hop over there and leaving us the kind words, Cynic. Um, we're It's what we're here for. Help us help you. Make sure you tell all your friends about us. Yeah, that helps us out a lot. And email Monster and tell them to sponsor us. That too. That too. Um, today, our listener experience of the day uh, is coming from our friend Jody, I believe. Yes, I think so. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I had the email pulled up. Yep, Jody. She's going to share her experience with us and with all of you. So, without further ado, here's Jody's experience. Um, I just wanted to. Uh to tell a story. Um, I've had several uh, encounters over the course of my life. Um, this one I find very interesting. So when I was probably 12 or 13, and I was I was afraid of the dark, even at 12 or 13, and I remember uh, I slept with my door open. I wanted the hallway light on. Um, I even had a nightlight in my room. That is how scared of the dark I was. Um, and I wasn't ashamed to admit it. <laughs> I lived in an old mill house, so it was built around the turn of the century, so around 1900 or so. Um, my dad was a very early morning person, and he would... Um, get up early in the morning and my room was across the hall from my parents' bedroom. So if my dad would get up early like four or five o'clock in the morning and whenever he would, when he would come out of his bedroom, he would turn the hallway light off. I think to keep from waking my mom up. And then he would go into the kitchen and he would shut the door and turn the kitchen light on. So of course the hallway light was off, and when that was off, the only light in my room was my little bitty night light by my bed. Again, I'm 13, and so still scared of the dark at this time. I remember waking up, I had this feeling and impression um, that something was leaning over my bed. Very oppressive, very dark. I was completely terrified. Um, apparently my dad had gotten up earlier because the hallway light was off. I remember laying there and I literally could not move. I was either terrified or literally was incapable of movement. Um, I just, this thing was dark 
was keep my eyes closed. Because I do remember I could open my eyes, obviously, because I saw it or felt it. And I knew that the hallway light was off. Um, after what seemed like forever, the kitchen door opened. And the light, the hallway was flooded with light. And I remember, I knew it was my dad. I knew he was probably going back to the bedroom to probably get something. But he had shut the uh, kitchen door so as the light went shining to the hallway. And for that split second, I knew my dad was there. And all I had to have done was yell, Daddy. And I knew he would have come in my room. I could not move. I could not speak. I I couldn't do anything. And I just remember as the kitchen door closed and it went completely dark again, just my heart sinking and just this terror just gripping me. Um, I assume I eventually fell asleep, fell back asleep because I remember waking up the next day. I don't remember if I said anything to my parents. I don't think I did. Um, I never knew what it was. It did not feel, um, it didn't feel like a ghost. It felt very male. I felt like it was a male. And it was very black. You hear people say it was darker than dark. That's how it was. Because somehow, even in my dark room, I knew it was there. So here's the odd, odd thing to me. I never realized I didn't know what it was. I didn't have an to put to it. Um, I've always been interested in paranormal. And I realized when I was listening to another paranormal podcast, years later, once I was married and had children, I heard people talking about um, shadow people, and I was, it was like a bell or a light went off in my head, and I was like, oh my goodness, I, I know what that was. It, it was a shadow person. Um, it couldn't even been the hat man. I, I don't know if it was, um, but I do know it was a shadow person for, for real. Um, so in a way, it was comforting to me to finally be able to put a name to what it was. I've never had that kind of experience again, but um, that one was pretty terrifying. I did have several other um, encounters in my childhood home. My parents still live there. Um, but talking of the hat man, um, another interesting thing was um, when my son was probably about six or seven years old, uh, he, he did not know what the hat man was. Had, we had, I mean, he, he didn't know what it was. Um, and I remember I was listening to the same podcast, and that's where I learned about the hat man and shadow people. And that's where I began to think, oh, it was, I knew it was a shadow person for sure, but I don't know if it was the hat man. And I remember hearing several stories about the hat man. I was like, oh, that's, you know, really, really interesting. Well, the house that my husband and I lived in at the time and our two kids, was um, in the same neighborhood as the house I grew up in. So I grew up in a little mill house. This was one of the mill manager's houses. So it was built around the same time, around 1900. Um, and so I came downstairs one 
morning, and my son was always an early riser, and he had gone downstairs, and if he got up before everyone else, he'd either watch TV or he'd play video games. And whenever he would go into our living room downstairs, there was um, kind of like a French door, a, a, a wooden door with like the glass window panes in it, and he would always shut that so it wouldn't be loud in the hallway that went upstairs. And when I came down that morning, he said, Mommy, he goes, I just saw the weirdest thing this morning. And I said, what, what? And he goes, well, he said, I shut that door going to the hallway. He said, and I was playing video games. He said, and I looked over. He goes, and there was a man standing there looking at me through the door. And I was like, okay. I said, what did he look like? And he goes, oh, he said, he had no shape. He said he had no features. He was completely black. He said it was like a black silhouette. He goes, and he had a hat on. And I'm telling you, the hairs on the back of my neck just stood up completely because it was so odd to have your um, seven-year-old tell you about something that you know he did not know about. Um, so anyway... That is my hat man, shadow man, shadow people story. Um, I just thought that was pretty interesting. So love the podcast. Keep up the good work. And um, I will uh, send in stories later. Thank you so much for your uh, listener experience, Jody. The first thing, as I'm unpacking that, I think of is it sounds to me like that experience you had when you were young is almost textbook sleep paralysis. It's the first thing that tri- tripped off of my brain. I I still get it sometimes. I'll be laying in bed and like how you just described the fear, not being able to talk, not being able to move and feeling something in the room with you. Like I get that maybe once a year and it's, it's the worst feeling in the world. It's just absolute dread. Now I've never seen an entity in my sleep paralysis, so that would make it probably even worse. But I do just get that feeling like something is in the room with me. Like I don't have any control over what's going on, but it's getting to the point now to where I'll realize it's happening and I can almost force myself to wake up kind of, I guess. But seeing that shadow person definitely adds to the dynamic of the experience. And as I've said before, my ex-wife had seen, reported to see the shadow man for a long time. From when she was younger until hell. I, I don't know if she saw when we were together or not. She didn't talk about it very much, but once I started getting into the paranormal and being more vocal about it, she... Uh, would open up and tell me about it. But also the fact that now your son is seeing it makes me a little leery. Not trying to freak you out. No. But first thing, anything that goes on with my kids, F that. I would agree. Because just Absolutely. leave my kids alone. But it almost makes me wonder if maybe, uh, as I've stated in other uh, people's experiences, maybe it's attached to your family or a member of your family and it's kind of just traveling with you. I don't know. I'm not an expert. (laughs) 
No, and uh, I mean, when you you bring up the the family lineage, I mean, God, you hear stories of like past generations doing something to provoke or summon or whatever you want to, however you want to classify it, and it kind of staying with the family lineage for a while. Or there's a heirloom that we've talked about before that got handed down that has something attached to it, but. To kind of backtrack to your first story about when you were young and Steve said something about it being sleep paralysis, it does sound to be that way, but the the couple things that throw me off is kind of how Steve noted that now your kid is seeing shit, but that, and I, I don't know a whole lot about sleep paralysis, and we've had a couple submissions, but not, not in a significant amount to make a declared judgment, but the one thing that kind of stood out to me was that you acknowledged the outside world was still going on while you were at, in this state. So, and by that, I mean like you acknowledged you were in bed and you noticed the hallway light coming on and you knew that if you would have said your dad's name, he would have came in the room and, but you couldn't say it. So it's just interesting to hear that like, the world around you itself is still functioning at its normal pace, but for whatever reason, you're locked in place. You can't, you can't reach out to the the rest of the world. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. When I, when it happens to me, it's almost like, it's like I'm in my body, but I'm not in my body. That makes sense. I'm not like, it's not like an out of body experience per se where I see myself laying there. It's that I'm, I'm still in my physical body but like my mind is kind of running on a different level, I guess, for lack of a better term. Like I'm laying there, I can't move, I can't say anything, but I don't even know if my eyes are open, but I can see the room, right. my bedroom, and like, cause sometimes it'll happen during the day. Like my, my shifts are all fucked up. I work midnight sometimes, I work days sometimes. So I'll, a lot of time I'll, be sleeping during the day and it'll the room will even be light like it won't even be dark and it'll it'll take place and i can because i can almost almost in the same sense like i remember laying there and trying to wake myself up like oh shit here it goes yeah here we go because once it starts like i know it's gonna happen so i'm trying to wake myself up i'm like come on come on come on and then the dread sets in you're like fuck buckle up here we go because i remember one i would i saw my dog walk not into the room, but across like the like kitchen. a threshold kind yeah. of. Yeah. Cause now that you mentioned that she saw stuff going on, I too had the same experience, but I never really like put the correlation together. Yeah. It's just strange. It's really strange that you get locked into that, that section. Yeah. I mean, it it's paralysis. It's spot on. You, you're just locked in. You can't do anything. The thing also that it might be two separate entities completely. They might, what your kid saw and what you saw might not have anything to do with each other because when you experienced it, like you said, you were absolutely terrified. Like it was just straight dread fear. The way you described your son seeing it, he didn't act like it was that malicious, I guess. Like it didn't pose any threat to him. You know, he was just like, I was playing video games and there was this formless man standing in the door. I mean, he was just watching, so it's whatever. <laughs> yeah. He was probably doing, what does Eric call him? 90s on Fortnite or some shit like that. 
But yeah, thank you so much for your submission. I yeah, hope, we appreciate it. I hope that if there is any um, activity still going on in your house, it is not scaring your children or scaring you or yeah, any of the that sorts. Yeah, suck. Yeah, leave kids alone. Please. So from that note, we're going to switch gears. Um, oh, I forgot to talk about this. I keep sidetracking. We're not even going to get to the damn main episode because we'll just keep rolling. Uh, our little Facebook and Twitter poll went real well about what you guys want us to do for Halloween. I threw a bunch of shit out there that Kyle, I don't even know if Kyle knows about. Shauna probably showed him. Yeah, she showed me. Are you stoked? Not really. I haven't, the, I haven't heard the update though. So every I didn't I haven't added anything up yet because it's not close to Halloween. But I just put it out there. Uh, we were thinking about doing like a live if we can get some cameras doing a live Halloween episode, and we were either going to go into uh, choice one was like ghost box or Ouija board encounter seance kind of thing. I think the which, ghost box would be cool. Which Kyle's just going to avoid the Ouija board a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, into it. One of them was going on a live rando nodding session. Which That'd be cool. People who don't know what rando nodding is, it's an app that uh, supposedly produces random coordinates in your location, like within five miles or some shit. And you can either think of like an, an objective and it's supposed to kind of correlate with these points or you can map a whole bunch of points and eventually things you see at these points are supposed to start to link together. So we thought about so doing weird. that. Um, what the fuck were some of the other ones? I don't fucking know. I don't remember either. Oh, going on a Sasquatch hunt. Squatchy. We got, we got some little local areas around here that are kind of squatchy. We thought about going traipsing through the woods and doing that. Or going on a live ghost hunt. If we can get into some place uh, that has some history of the creepiness we'll do that and also i got that little book of weird uh paranormal games i didn't put that on there but we can put that on there so whatever you guys want to see us do if we get all our shit together and get all our ducks in a row it's probably not gonna happen no because we're not good at time management here it is midnight on recording night and we're just starting to record sweet hell yeah brother so if you want to see us do some dumb shit let us know what kind of dumb shit you want oh, us to do. Yeah, that's definitely the way to phrase it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the last time I checked, everybody wants to see Kyle fuck with a Ouija board. Oh, I'm sure. Just, you guys are dicks. I'm going to try to find us an old abandoned cemetery to do it in. Awesome. You, you game on? Might as well. Why not? <laughs> game the fuck, fuck on. I mean, our next episode is going to get us fucking killed anyway. Hell so. yeah. If we disappear, um, whatever. Somebody take over. Take yeah, the reins. Yeah, you got to take the mantle. Sick. So, yeah, there's that. Just tell us what you want us to do. I'm going to let Kyle take over now because it's half an hour in. He hasn't even got to say shit. So. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, Later. Yeah. Uh, so we've been getting a little, a couple requests here and there to look into Giants. Hell yeah. Andre and, the Giant. Yeah. Not him. Well, close enough. Um, So I decided to go with the, the Giants, and I found a story. And I had heard it on the confessionals podcast with tony merkel i wish i knew what episode that was because i would gladly shout it out because that episode is dope it is really good you had a guy call in and talk about a giant that was found in kandahar but before we go into that i kind of wanted to dive down a little bit of brief history on the giants per se 
So you can you can start it off by going back in time, and it, the Bible itself is full of stories involving giants, and the the word giant itself isn't what we picture. We it's not it's not Jack and the Beanstalk, fucking three hundred foot tall humanoid people coming out of the sky. That's not always. I fucking wish it was. That would be shitty. That would suck. <laughs> Uh, but even in lore, you know, they're, they're not that big, but our brains kind of process it to be like they could step on the planet and destroy it. But that's, but anyways, uh, like Galactus. Yeah. So it's more likely that the real term giants are people or beings that are roughly anywhere from 17 to 18 feet tall. That's pretty, that's pretty fucking big That is, person. Yeah, it's fucking huge, but it's not 300 feet, like, water tower huge. You know what I mean? But it, <laughs> an 18-foot person would definitely intimidate me. If I, Well, yes. <laughs> A 7-foot tall person would imitate, <laughs> in, intimidate me. So. If we were standing out there, and you were smoking, and we were hanging out, and an 18-foot tall person walked out of the I woods go, what the fuck? I would probably shit my pants the same as if a 300 foot tall person <laughs> came walking out of the woods I'm sure I don't doubt it God would be like did you see that and he'd yeah. turn around and I'd already be inside with the door locked <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> but uh you know like I, like I said before the bible talks about it and ironically enough it talks about middle eastern giants including the nephilim Amorite, amorites M. Anakim, which is the Sumerian, you know, the Sumerians called him an Anaki. Um, Marco Polo even wrote about giants in Zanzibar. Apparently, they were so strong they could carry as many as four ordinary men. That's pretty dope. Uh, D. Kittler said that the Watsu tribe of the Congo had men who were easily seven to eight feet tall. And then I stumbled across this this guy and his name is Hugh Newman. Uh, apparently there is an extinct genetically distinct subspecies of homo sapiens. And they were discovered just a decade ago in Dinsovia in a Dinsovian cave in Siberia. And they named them Dinsovians. They lived from about 50,000 to 300,000 years ago and are known to be very, very tall. Newman even claims that giants made it to North America and dating goes back around 10,000 years up into even the 1900s when they were actually sighted. So in an interview with Newman, he was asked if you were to do a 23andMe, would you find DNA links between the giants and us? He goes on to say there could be up to 3 or 4% of Denzovian DNA within some tribes but none that seem to directly connect back to the Anunnaki or other giants. But upon looking into this, I made a pretty odd connection because we just ran a story not too long ago. So I'm going to continue on here and tell you my connection. As he stated, you'll find the three or four percent in which with the Denzovian DNA. And you will find this in some of the northern areas of North America. And it specifically says 
the Algonquin tribes. That sounds familiar. Yes, because, and it's very weird, because the Algonquins were part of my Wendigo story, and they were rumored to have the Wendigo, and the Wendigo is said to be about 14 feet tall. Zing. So you have that connection there, and then not to mention the Wendigos are, in some people's theories, in in some type of relation to Bigfoot. So there is another possible connection there. Another tall-ass cryptid. Yeah, and if you believe that giants came more so from Nephilim, then that even more, in my opinion, ties together the Wendigo, Bigfoot, and giants in general. I'm going to interject here for a second. Yeah. So uh, Hugh Newman has done a lot of studies on uh, Paleolithic structures and giants and all kinds of shit. Anybody that knows me knows that I am an avid collector of uh, Native American artifacts, ancient Native American artifacts. And my little brother had found a stone granite axe of pretty significant size. It is about 10 and a half inches long, about 13 pounds. It's, it's a meaty axe. It's pretty decent. But... It's totally manageable to use if you were using it to break ice or chop trees or whatever you would use it for. We often go to a local artifact show that's hosted every year in Collinsville. A couple years ago, we're there walking around. We take the axe. It's a good, like, talking piece and meet all of our artifact friends and have a good time. We come up on this display where there is just a Goliath of an axe. It is fucking huge. Hey, Hollow Cult. The weather's getting nice, and you know what that means. It's cryptid hunting season. And the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tecovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tecovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all, and it's re- it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin Hollow Sky branded boots. How awesome would that be? Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. And the story behind it is that it came... Okay, so it's 13 pounds. I have a picture of it. I'll post it for everyone. Our 13-pound axe is set below this giant axe that's 
over 38 pounds. I think it's 39 and a half pounds, almost 40 pounds. That's pretty big. That is huge. Can you imagine the person that would it would take to swing a 40-pound axe? He'd have to be pretty robust. Yeah. Yeah, like like especially uh, like let's say you're just chopping wood with it. Could a guy like you and me do it a couple times? Sure. Why we, not? We could get a couple swings, but, but then you're going to be exhausted. Yeah, you're not going to repetitively just be like, oh, "I'm just chopping down the street, no big deal." Because these axes have a have a bit end, which is the the sharp end of an axe, and then it has a pole end, which are two grooves in the backside most of the time that your tree limbs or whatever you use to fasten the axe to whatever handle goes around them. The pole end of this, the grooves were were huge like you could have you could fit two baseball bats on the side of this thing it was just crazy massive and hugh newman actually reached out to me because i took a picture of the axes and uh we had communicated a little bit here and he's he's a pretty cool guy very knowledgeable so i just thought i would tie those two together oh and that axe that they found i think it came from iowa and they said that it was found with two other giant axes in a mound and they said one of them were broken, and the combined weight of the three were over a hundred pounds. That's crazy. So those are monsters. And that's also another thing that Newman points out is that the mounds are of giant culture. And there and there's always there's always been kind of a taboo suggestion that there were giants. Like the archaeological field and historical field are kind of tiptoe around it some people are completely against it some people think that it did happen and yeah some people think it's ingrained with all of our native american history and culture and some people think it's been completely covered over by the smithsonian institute and the government and it's a whole rabbit hole that yeah, we could I, probably do a whole another episode i actually on. read a little tidbit somewhere that was saying that Giant bones were actually found, but the Vatican had them basically thrown into the ocean. Well, did that shock you that much? No, because it, like the guy was saying, that it challenges our current belief system. Yeah, it's just whether it's evolution or you know from God. It's crazy. Either way, it challenges it so much so that they just dumped them in the ocean where they know we'd never find them. Yeah, we'll probably loop back around on this giant thing for another oh, episode. Yeah. That way, right now, Kyle can focus on the. Kandahar giant, which is a dope ass. It is a really fucking cool story. But uh, going back to Newman in the interview here, further into this interview, which can be found on DesertSun.com, they asked him. So basically, they are just like us, only taller. Newman seems to think think so, but can't prove or disprove that because the bones are locked away. The NAGPRA Act which stands for the Native American Grave Protection and Reparation Act, prevents them from taking any bones, so they have to go to just basically records to research it. Newman claims that he knows of people who have dug these bones up. He doesn't think they're alien-human hybrids, but in oral traditions of Native Americans, you can hear of them interbreeding with the star people. So does that possibly tie them to aliens or uh, angels, if you will. It's kind of a weird connection there. On a later episode, 
I'll go into some of this other shit that I found in North America because it's it's pretty interesting. It's definitely got a very cannibalistic vibe to it. That's pretty taboo too when you're yeah. talking about it. But there's one thing I hate about the Midwest. It's all the goddamn cannibals. <laughs> but now we go to Kandahar. So magically whisk away. Yeah. In 2002, in Afghanistan, a U.S. Army squad went missing. So they decided to send in the big guns and send in a spec ops task force to figure out what exactly <laughs> happened yeah. to this. Uh, there, w- there was a man that got interviewed, and he came forward to tell the story, and he, he got dubbed in the interview as the shooter. As he's declared and is... Er, he he was declared the shooter. Going on he was going on a rescue mission for a missing unit in a remote area of the country. The spec ops team is deployed on a plateau, which is the same spot the missing unit was to report in at. The men couldn't figure out what happened to the unit because at first glance, from analyzing the situation, they automatically assumed that it was an, some type of ambush, which is what I would have assumed. You know, a unit a unit didn't check in. I mean, you're you're in enemy territory. That would be the 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 first thing. Oh yeah. That Some, I would think something is going shitty on. happened. Yeah, absolutely. But the shooter says that even in an ambush, you could almost always get a call out. So that was kind of his first red flag. And in this case, there was no call. So they find the team's trail, and follow it which leads them around a curve up a a slight mountain and they see a cave surrounded by rocks and several cracked bones are found among the rocks. From their observations point... That's a red fucking fly. Yeah. From their observations point, they were unable to identify anything, but with the bones and shattered pieces of radio communication devices, U.S. military equipment, they started to put things together but they still thought it was an ambush. Hell, some of the men even thought a wild animal attack. The shooter says they were just outside the cave in an anti-ambush formation when something leaped out of the cave at a speed that caught all of the men off guard. So that's another thing to note, that these are well-armed and well-trained men, and something came out of the cave so fast that it, it took all those men off guard. And not to mention, they were in an anti-ambush formation. So they were anticipating something to come out of the cave. Yeah, they were already on high alert. Exactly. Like they're ready for shit to go down. Exactly. And it came out so fast that it still took the guys off guard. Well, if a giant ran after me, I would probably be taken off guard too. Oh, yeah. Well, what ran out of the cave was a humanoid around 13 feet tall. He describes the being with red with a red beard, scarlet red long hair covering his shoulders. When Dan, one of the soldiers obviously, runs toward the giant firing his weapon and then the rest of the men snap out of it and the military training kicks in at this point in which the shooter claims is the only thing that saved the rest of the men. Dan poor Dan, got impaled with the spear. The giant then raises him in the air and kept advancing on the squad. So it's almost like he was trying to skewer 
everybody in the squad. Could you imagine that? Like, no, no, no wonder they got taken off, caught off guard. You wouldn't even be able to register what you're seeing, because yeah. a thirteen, if it was thirteen feet tall, because I'm seeing accounts that says it's four to six meters, which is what twelve to eighteen. Uh, yeah, let's I mean, say, and, let's and, split it down the middle. Let's say he's fifteen feet tall. That's tall. You're as gonna fuck. be like, what in the fuck is that? And then by the time you even mutter those words, your homie is fucking stabbed. Well, I, fucking corn dogged. And you know what? Fucking hats off to Dan, because how crazy is that? Here, everybody's dumbfounded, and Dan's that one crazy asshole. It's like, let's get this motherfucker. <laughs> and he just takes off at him full bore while everybody else is still dumbfounded. Yeah. And if it wasn't for that, they might have all died. If Dan wouldn't have, I mean, unfortunately, Dan did sacrifice himself. R.I.P. But, Dan. But, I mean, what if they wouldn't have come out of the trance and it would have got more than one of them? Well, yeah, what if it got all of them? Nobody would even know the difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that dude, I mean, he would have shish-kebobbed all of them and had one hell of a barbecue. But the Spec Ops team team then began to fire on the giant and said it, it took almost 30 seconds of firing at its face to put him down. <laughs> what? And this is what's crazy. So this is a spec ops team. They weren't fucking around. They had M4s, a 308 sniper rifle, and a Barrett 50 cal, and it still took 30 seconds of firing Eat. at its face to take it down. That's pretty crazy. That is fucking crazy. So shortly after the, they they put this thing this guy down, the men radioed in for a helicopter, and it came and picked the body up, only to transfer it to a secret location in the United States for study. Like it, it does sound crazy when you talk about finding a fucking giant, killing it, and then just hauling it off to the United States. It just it sounds crazy. It just sounds crazy to me, dude. It's. Remember we did the story about um, our big one of our Bigfoot episodes, where Mount St. Helens erupted. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what's the first thing that immediately happened? Right. In comes the U.S. government and to clean everything up. Cleanup team. Yeah. Swoop. For sure. Race it all. So it's not. It's not that far fetched, really. Not really, and not for us. But the thing is, if. The far-fetched thing is, does a giant exist? I think it does. The not far-fetched thing is, if a giant does exist, the government's going to fucking hide it. Yeah. Well, and and so you take this guy's, the initial story here, the, the, the fighting portion of it. It sounds crazy, but upon my research here, it starts separate guys throughout the military. They come forward. With their own correlating stories. None of them shared the, the same experience, but they all have different accounts that trace back to this giant. So when the men returned to the base, they were ordered to tweak their official report. They called it in as a large possible human. That's, you know, when it first initially took place, that was the call they put out. But they were ordered to tweak it and were told to sign a document in which they committed to not disclosing any details about that event. One of the men was there and shot the creature, said that the giant weighed about 500 
kilograms, which is roughly 1,102.31 pounds. Ooh, he's a meaty boy. So, half a ton. This was estimated by the C-130 cargo plane team who transported the body from the pickup location to the United States. One of the pilots said that the giant smelled like he hadn't showered in 10 years. It smelled of musk and dirt. Apparently the giant... because he lived in a fucking cave. Yeah, exactly. And apparently the giant had on some type of animal hide shoes, kind of like moccasins. Sick. Now, there was another person who came forward... And he was known, or he got labeled as Mr. D. And he made the claim that he worked for the military and also served in Afghanistan. He began hearing rumors around the base. We would hear our colleagues talk about a unit that had found and killed a person inside or at the entrance of a cave. At first, I didn't think much of it, but then I've heard that the fellow's size was three times that of a human being and that he had more fingers and toes than a normal man. Also, that he had red hair, and that a special unit was looking for him. And I know it's kind of reaching out here, but I do find it interesting that he was in the military, and he refers to this unit as a special unit. Now, could it be just the fact that it was a special forces or whatever? Possibly. But it was just kind of a interesting, yeah, kind of I mean, getting caught up in the story, I guess, for myself. Him saying it's a special unit, it could be it could be something as asinine as that maybe they were just trained to fight in the mountains. Right, you know yeah, mean? absolutely. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it it could be the fact that it is just a special forces team. but Which is another thing that I find interesting that you just read is that he states that they had, it had more... Yeah. Fingers and toes yep. than regular humans, which if you delve into the realm and the history of supposed giants in, well, anywhere, but especially in the United States, they often claim that they do have more digits than regular humans and that often times they are found with multiple rows of teeth. Like instead of your singular top row of teeth, they'll have like two or three. Yeah. I guess, what was it, like Coneheads? You seen the movie Coneheads? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. has got all the teeth? Yep. Kind of like that is what I what I assume. That's fucking but weird. But it's, it's crazy that they it kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah. Now, Mr. D goes on about how everyone around the area knew about it, even when he got back home to the United States. He met other servicemen who served over there, and they all heard about the giant of Kandahar. He goes on to say... In the beginning, you think it must be a joke, a hoax. But when things start to go down a certain way, when you keep hearing about the story, you realize it's not a joke. They kept on telling us to point our weapons up high. Normally this means two shots in the body and one in the head. But they told us to point them always to the head of a man and then a little higher. And we wondered why they wanted us to shoot above a man's (laughs) head. In the same area that this all took place, there were also stories of locals that they would run have run-ins with man-eating monsters dwelling in the caves. Wendigo. Could be. Could be cannibalistic giants. Which 
Could be a Wendigo. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> but that that was my story that I came across, you know, because I solely focused on the incident of Kandahar, and this is what I was able to find. But it's just, it's a fucking mind-blowing story. It really is. And you hear a lot about giants in the Middle East. Because that's where I initially, when I think of giants, that's where I think of them being from. I didn't even realize, you know, upon stumbling through this, that there were connections to giants in the area of where we live. I had no fucking clue. I read a story about a race of red-haired giants, which... Most of them seem to be red hair, which is weird. That lived in a cave, but I can't remember what state it was in. Arizona. Well, apparently it was in Arizona. If it's the one that I'm thinking of. Yeah, and they eventually, like, trapped them in this cave and set it on fire or some shit, but apparently there have been battles between Native Americans and giants for ever that's so crazy and yeah this is the story right here actually it says uh local legends handed down by the pagluit pag pagluit indians i apologize was if i said that wrong told of a race of red-haired giants called the sitika sitika exterminated by their tribe it is said that they trapped the giants in a cave, throwing arrows at them, then starting a big fire inside. Sources have revealed that mummified remains of several ancient red-haired giants were found buried in the Lovelock Cave in Nevada. That's it. Look up the Lovelock Giants. So we're going to stop with that story right there and probably do an episode on the Hell Lovelock yeah. Giants <laughs> because it's crazy. And they also but- state that these giants did possess a pike-like weapon has an iron tip of about six kilograms that if attached to a pole or that it was attached to a pole to form a spear, it would be difficult for a man of normal to medium stature to use. Yeah. That was the, that was pretty much the same description that was the weapon that skewered Dan. Yeah. Same tip, same everything. So that must've been their go-to. It's weird how they all correlate together being on opposite mm-hmm. sides of the world. It is strange. And it's, for me, it's another one of them things. Like, why why would you, as an archaeologist, just make something like that up? Like, look at these bones I found. They're like bones of a 20-foot humanoid person. See, I I was always kind of in the camp that ancient stories of giants and even like dragons and shit like that could have been spawned from finding bones of dinosaurs or other touche like ice age fauna sure yeah absolutely not not being able to explain them because if you find a thigh bone of like a fucking triceratops if you put that in proportion to a man like, oh, maybe this is a man's thigh. It's going to make him look like fucking 30 feet tall. Right. Yeah, I could definitely see that. That's which, a good point. Which accounts for ancient stories of giants, but it doesn't account for stories of giants today. No. Like one stabbing a U.S. soldier in 2002. Yeah. You yeah. obviously know that that's not a fucking triceratops. 
Let's hope at this point we know the difference. Let's hope we don't have to fight Triceratops. No, because that would the rate twenty twenty is going, we might. Who the fuck knows? I could <laughs> agree with that. Twenty twenty has been probably one of the dumbest years ever. <laughs> There's every year where giants are going to try to fight us. No, oh, now would be the year. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, we will probably. I'm not trying to jump on your. No, uh, that's pretty much all I got on it. Because, like I said, I just want to spoke, focus on one specific story. I don't want to do sh- try to avoid doing shitloads per episode. I really like to just get into one, talk about it, and analyze it for what it is. Yeah, but I mean, it it would just like I couldn't imagine being in that unit, and then you know, because you're well trained, and then you find the trail of the unit that was supposed to get a hold of you and this is what it fucking leads you to. Yeah, I was reading some accounts where there was a bunch of uh not only were there bones and shit, but there was busted equipment and all yep. kinds of fucking shit. Yep. Like Yep. And from their vantage point they couldn't decipher, you know, what the bones and gear was, but then they started to recognize that it was US military gear and they're like, Well, this must be the spot. And especially like you said, if you're anticipating like insurgents to be what you encounter and all of a sudden it's this giant like, yeah you're you don't even know where your brain is back. and it's it's a case that's hard to find any evidence of which it is. interestingly enough happens when the government covers up shit yeah they're pretty good at it cuz you only have a few eyewitness accounts to go by because the crew that went in wasn't that big to begin with so you're getting kind of handed down second down stories that haven't been you know, swept under the rug yet. So you just, you don't have much to work with. Yeah. And man, I don't know. And it's a lot of so those, much, you know, in the military, a lot of those guys take that shit super serious too. When they sign shit like that, a lot of guys won't talk about it. Yeah. They'll take it to the grave. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I respect it, but at the same time, it's like, Hey, give me the info, bro. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. It's, <sighs> but we look at the world through, a different set of lenses than a lot of people do. Like for me, like what does it change by saying, yo, we, we found a giant and we killed it. Other than the fact that people would probably get fucking butt hurt. <laughs> but I mean, the I mean, all it was self-defense straight up. It, you know, they tried killing Harry killed Dan. So RIP Dan, right. You know, but it, nevertheless, I mean, does it change our world that much? To acknowledge there's a race of beings that live in the mountains. Man, they they would have to rewrite all the history books, rewrite religion, and rewrite... But that's on them. That's not on me. Yeah, but I'm just saying that this is the reason why they, right, would, they yeah. would do that. Like, for me, it would be like, okay, guys, over here in these mountains, there, there are giants, like fucking literal giants, that will stab you in the face and eat you if you mess with them. So, we're just going to go ahead and recommend... Stay the fuck away from them. Let them do their thing. This is their little plot of land. Everybody else in the world has their own little plot of land. Let's just leave the giants over here to themselves. Yeah. But it's kind of like like when I think of the Mount St. Helens Bigfoot bodies that were taken, covered up, taken by the government. If, if a Sasquatch is ever, if a specimen is ever taken, if there's ever hard truth hard evidence, undeniable evidence, everything would change. 
everything would change. Oh yeah, I agree. Because now you have another. I, mean, I guess. But now you, yeah, now you have another. Essentially, top of the food chain primate. Yeah. Do they deserve the same rights as a human? Do they think, function, communicate the same as a human? Right. Think of the impact it would have on the forestry business. A lot of people would stop going outside in the woods. And they would stop. Or. They would stop. Since they live in the woods, they would probably shut down any any kind of. It depends, though. It depends. I mean, I feel like if. If there was ever concrete proof that Bigfoot was 100% real, that would put Bigfoot at the top of every big game trophy hunter's list. Oh, yeah. We're going right after him. You know those dudes who fucking... It'd be the big. It'd be the yeah. biggest. It'd be the belt buckle of the belt. Oh, I mean, a hundred percent. Because it literally would be one of the most elusive creatures yeah, on the planet. Well, I can't shoot a human because it's murder. Yeah. And if I put it above my mantle, I'll go to prison. But Touché. I can get this squatch. But that leads me back to the Kandahar Giants. If they prove that these giants are real and exist, say they happen to live on on top of a eight hundred billion barrel oil reserve. Is it easier just to hush them up? That's true, yeah. Kill them off, take your oil, or say, you know what, these guys exist, let's just leave them alone. I would just leave them alone, personally. Yeah, but and you're then also you're not have... big oil wanting to cash that's out. Right, that's true, but in hindsight, that you know, you know, there's going to be them idiots, and I'm just going to say it, idiots, who are going to be like... <laughs> big dummies. They're going to be like, hey, you know, there is a lot of oil under this here mountain, but... I think that I can go and talk to these giants. Oh, dude. And we can work 100%. something out. We can work something out. Even know? before that, you're going to have these fucking Bible thumpers. They're going to go yeah. going to go over there. Just, just, we got to teach just them like about the Jesus. uncontacted tribes. They're uncontacted yeah. for a reason. Yeah. They don't fucking give a shit about anybody else. Yeah, just leave them alone. Just I'm gonna leave go, them alone. You know what? Lord will protect, will protect me. Well, I thought you what? were getting ready to say, I'm going to that island where I am. I'm like, you're an idiot. <laughs> I am going there. Because they'll shoot you, cut you up, and bury you on the beach. <laughs> yeah. They'll probably eat me, which would be a delicious meal. No, I meal. think they are all just terrified that we give them diseases. So they just, which we would. Yeah, they just kill people, cut them up, bury them in they a shallow grave on the beach. They just want to be left alone. Yeah. Like, I can respect that. That's what I want to do. Yeah. I can't shoot people with bows and arrows. No. <sighs> it's probably because you're not yeah. wearing a loincloth. Maybe I am. How, can you prove it? No. <laughs> but you're not wearing just a loincloth. No, under my shorts I am. Cool. But, yeah, that's, that's totally sick. what would happen. They'd be like, hey, there are these giants. Leave them alone. And yeah. people would be like, well, I could leave them alone. Or. But I'm not going to. And, I mean, that's one of them things. That's like, for me, like, if giants are real and we just said, hey, they exist, just leave them the fuck alone. And those people... Wanted to go and hang out with giants. For me, that sign would, a waiver. No, not it even says, that. Get eaten at your own risk. Not even that. That is for me. That's literally no different than going into the jungle where big tigers or jaguars or anacondas are. It's the same fucking thing. Wearing a pork chop loincloth, bro. Enter at your own risk. <laughs> this is all on you at this point. Nobody else's. No. You want to go? Li- you want to go walk with grizzly bears? Go walk with the fucking grizzly bears. I don't give a shit. But if you get eight, that's your fault. The first time Uncle Joe Bob goes out to hunt a <laughs> fucking Bob. giant, and he gets his 
fucking arms ripped off, there's going to be a whole fucking uproar and all the giants will be murdered. See, and that's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. Stay the fuck away from him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) Enter at your fucking risk. You know, you go bungee jumping, sign a waiver. Go skydiving, you sign a waiver. You do this shit at your risk. But, God forbid, the fucking giants, well, they killed somebody. We gotta go ahead and nuke them. (laughs) This is what it is, boys. It's fucking stupid. (laughs) But that's who we are. I really do. This is one of my favorite... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Not current, but close to current paranormal stories that's out there. Like, just picturing it all in my head is just fucking crazy. It's insane. And I really do wish there was more evidence. Fuck yeah. If any of the Spec Ops team that fought the giant is listening, please call us. Yeah, and if any of you are listening, I've tried this a million times. I'm just going to keep trying. Hell yeah. If... Any of you guys in the military can get me and Steve a sweet set of night vision goggles. <laughs> I'd totally fucking owe you one. That went a different route than I thought it was going to. Dude, I've asked so many of my military friends to get me some, and they're like, There's, it's impossible. It can't Anything's be possible. That's what I said. I'm like, dude. Dude, the military hit a giant. Yeah. They can easily get us some night vision. See, that's what I'm saying. We get military-grade night vision me and Steve are finding a fucking Bigfoot. Hell yeah. It's most likely going to happen. Oh, and to change the subject, but kind of not, if any of our uh, military listeners do have some crazy stories from... from Anything? Yeah, anything. Being overseas, being Fuck here, just yeah. some crazy shit. I know. I know some of you motherfuckers out there got really awesome stories. Yeah. Even if I've you signed some. a waiver, we will... Tell the government that you don't have to be quiet. Yeah, if your name is Steve, we'll say your name is Ralph. Yeah, we'll we'll disguise your name. They can't prove it. No, and they definitely can't hack our email. No, (laughs) (laughs) they can't at all. We're protected. That's true. We're top top of the food chain. Top echelon. It's what we do because we're podcasters. Anywho. Thanks for checking out our uh, episode today. Thanks for hanging out with us, listening to listen, listening to us bullshit for the last hour. Um, until next time, check us out at all our social medias: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Until we meet again, stay safe, stay weird, and if you're ever in Kandahar, hanging out in a cave, and you start to smell a musky smell. And you hear giant footsteps running at you instead of staying to see what it is just walk away or run and run because he's really fast and you'll get stabbed see ya